Happy Saturday, lovely lurkers. Welcome to another Saturday morning review. What do you think about Diablo 4? Perry Mason's new case. Exploring even more strange new worlds. Sweating it out to the Covenant. And our review of The Flash. Don't worry, we'll take our time. Come along for the ride. Let's lurk. Perry Mason's new case. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you asked. Perry Mason is like a super old show that I remember my parents watching. It was okay. black and white, courtroom drama. Well, they decided to reboot it on HBO before it was okay. HBO Max. Before it was Max. And uh, do you did you ever watch The Americans? Uh, on the news every week, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> Remember that person True you Patriots. had no idea who who they were a couple episodes back? Uh, Felicity, not Felicity. Every si- that's that's that doesn't refine <laughs> anything. That's all of them. Do you remember Carrie Russell? I give you so much shit for not knowing who Carrie Russell was. Yes, still don't remember who okay. Carrie Russell is. Looking it up right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, her husband is Perry Mason. Okay, what's his name? Look it up. You can Google it. Timothy Russell? Matthew Rise? Matthew Reese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Reese. Okay. <laughs> he's oh, Welsh. God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. And you couldn't tell. He's one of those European actors who does a perfect American accent. But anyway, a couple years back, they rebooted it. It is this gritty, noir, he's a private detective gumshoe kind of person who then suddenly transitions into being a lawyer in that first season. The case is very dark and mystical, almost. Mm-hmm. It was really good. And I, I, even though it doesn't necessarily leave you with a good taste in your mouth because of how dark the story is, you can't deny the acting or the story the writing, the character development, all of the good things that we want in a solid show and they're they're just running it back here in season two everything kind of seems the same but i you just can't deny like the draw of this drama so that's what you've been watching this last week that and a little show called star trek strange new worlds okay tell me more second season starts off with a bang we've got the entire crew coming back a few new faces no spoilers, but I, I can't beat this dead enterprise any more <laughs> than I already have. What I will say, though, is if you've never watched Star Trek, this is the Star Trek to start with. Strange New Worlds is meant to be nostalgia for the older audience and okay. gravitas for the new audience. It is where... Old and new Trekkies can come together. Trekkers just you know want to be sensitive to everybody's needs. If you had no idea that Star Trek existed, I would recommend this show to you. It's that good. Interesting. I mean, like IMDb's rating of it is eight point two, clearly uh, out of ten. Clearly, it, it's getting really rave reviews. Yeah, and and it's all a prequel to everything else in the canon. 
So okay. you don't have to watch anything. You don't have to know that Star Trek was a show. And you can just enjoy the heck out of this. The place I struggle with Star Wars, or Star Wars, it, with Star Trek. We know that. And I think a lot of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with, where I think like a lot of other listeners might uh, agree with me, or those that aren't in this world, is it's almost like Pokemon. There is so much of a world that is built up that you don't even know where to jump in. So there's this challenge of like, is is this something I'm ready to invest in? If you like science fiction, yes. That's that's okay. That's something you can totally get into. You're going to learn, you're going to be introduced to all the characters kind of from the beginning, from their inception into the world, and you can kind of run from it from there. Now, there's been nothing really controversial about Star Trek over the years, but eh. this week there was some controversy. Eh, there was, but th- there was some controversy around Diablo 4. Oh, yeah. Did you hear about what happened here? Uh, I, I mean, I heard several things, but tell me what you heard. <laughs> well, you and I are big fans of the franchise Destiny, made by Bungie. Yes. On Twitter this week, a dev for Bungie came out and tweeted something about the leveling system of like characters where they auto level to your um, sure sure yeah I know skill level yeah. Is lazy developing. Oh. This is a Bungie employee tweeting that, referring to Diablo 4's enemy leveling based on where your level's at. Yeah. Yeah. In most video games, like, you gain levels, you gain power, armor, whatever, and then the enemies kind of scale with you. Scott, the head of Blizzard tweeted back and said... Interesting coming from you. Or something similar to that effect. Like they're starting a tweet war. Yeah. And and the thing that's so crazy about this, I know you put Diablo 4 down here, but I've been doing a ton of like research around like how has this become such a big thing? I am in a clan for mm-hmm. Destiny. Uh-huh. <laughs> such a nerd. And we've broken out the Discord into a Destiny clan and a Diablo one. It is the same kind of game as Destiny in in terms of it being a looter shooter, mm-hmm. open world experience uh, with seasonal content, right? So it's yeah. a live game. And people that have never played a Diablo game are coming into this franchise I and know saying this is yeah. amazing. This is Blizzard's best selling game of all time. That's and crazy. they have World of Warcraft. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, let's not look too closely at those numbers, just because we're probably probably wrong, idiots. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I will say for my experience is that growing up, we had a computer in the house, but we did not have mm-hmm. the internet right away. I didn't have internet on a computer until I went to college. That, that makes me sound old. That's because I am. So, fuck off. This <laughs> <laughs> this was one of the first game franchises that I ever was introduced to in terms of, like, PC gaming. I had the original Diablo, Diablo 2. I stepped away because Diablo 3 came out, and 
I hadn't played it in a really long time. I was invested in other franchises, but I eventually bought like the, you know, gold, all of the things pack that they come out with. I don't know what they called it. Just hellfire edition at the very end. And Mm -hmm. I ran through it. It felt uh, almost like a little too easy. It was like, this is, this is kind of what I remember from Diablo, but I beat it maybe like 10 hours. And, and, you know, I was like, oh, maybe they just want me to go through and run through each class and run through all of the story again and again and again, which I didn't necessarily want to do. This was getting a lot of hype, and mostly because it took forever to come out. I was hesitant to download it. Number one, because it's been upped in price. Number two, because, yes, Blizzard has been known for their predatory game add-ons. Right cosmetic here there and whatnot they just want you to keep like pouring money into it they don't want you to Mm -hmm. go to other games they want you to be in the diablo universe and that's it the opening cinematic sequence for this game terrified me it looked like a horror movie and (laughs) i've said on the shows multiple times i don't like scary things so Let's just say I was very fortunate that the sun was high in the sky when this cinematic sequence was playing because, holy crap, uh, they don't call it Diablo for no reason. And, and I, the, the gameplay is very familiar, so people who have played it or have played isometric top-down type of games mm-hmm. will, will flow right in and... I haven't played very far. I'm just like on the first kind of opening training sequence area, but it's it's good, and I I feel like I'm a little kid again, on my Dell, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I got a Dell. Uh, <laughs> just looking up at the screen with my keyboard and mouse non ergonomically set, clicking and destroying evil left and right. Well, so if this is a game that you're interested in, or you're looking to fill some time, people are loving Diablo Four. It's a good thing to get into right now. Highly recommend. Now, one of the things I'm into, and I don't really share this very often because it's usually something that I watch on my own, but growing up, I really loved watching like military-style movies, even though like I, I that isn't something I, I like I want to uh, do. I just find the the actual like storytelling really fascinating, really engaging. The industrial and complex is working. <laughs> yeah. Well, Guy Ritchie came out with a movie this year called The Covenant. I heard of it. And uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Dar Salim are uh, the two kind of leading actors in this movie. And uh, so I watched that this week. And I'm I'm going to give uh, my non-spoiler review here, and then we'll get into our, our big review for the week. This movie follows a captain of a team, uh, the head, Jake Gyllenhaal, and an interpreter... This interpreter chooses to not just translate, but interpret the meaning behind what the enemy and what the people in this area are saying. And so quickly, things turn, take a turn for the worst. And this dynamic duo has some tension, but you really track down their kind of fight out of enemy territory 
and back to safety, and it has some ups and downs and swings. Uh, it's rated like a 7.5 out of 10. Wow. If you're into that type of movie, I think you'll enjoy it. Guy Ritchie, great director. Yep. Jake Gyllenhaal, very easy on the eyes. Mm-hmm. I saw a couple clips on TikTok about this, and I, I was actually very interested. I just haven't gotten around to watching it yet. Correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the story beats happens to be the translator maybe getting left behind and Jake Gyllenhaal having to go back into enemy territory to try and get him? Or is that a different movie? There's something similar to that in this movie. Oh, okay, yes. okay, okay. It looks good to me, so check it out. Speaking about going back, we have a controversial review. <laughs> maybe controversial for you, but mine's pretty straightforward. Look at this. We're already we, arguing. This is great. I know. Last <laughs> last night we went and saw the movie The Flash with the not-so-lovable Ezra Miller. And let's give our non-spoiler review, and then we'll jump into spoilers for the rest of the episode. This movie is what the DCU should have been doing the whole time. It's funny, action-packed, has tons of nostalgia tie-ins to other DC franchises, and the best part is it makes you forget any outside controversy that was happening potentially with anybody else. You don't even realize that you're enjoying a movie that has controversy tied to it because it's that good. I went into this movie hoping that it would be lackluster, that we would look back and say, here's another example of where Warner Brothers has failed us. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to deliver on the DC universe. And they're just going to recycle characters and they're going to bring them in in ways that feels, uh, you know, lacking any sort of freshness or unique story beats. And what I found, surprisingly, is Ezra Miller in this role is very likable is a surprise standout performance. And I, I say that separating the performance of the actor from their terrible actions outside of this movie. And I, I want to point out a few other things. This is, in my opinion, a mid-tier level of how to deliver a multiversal experience. It seems like everybody's doing that, right? Yeah. From everything, everywhere, all at once, across the Spider-Verse, the MCU, and the DCU. We're getting multiverses everywhere. And if across, or, or everything, everywhere, all at once, I think is like the pinnacle of what a multiverse should look like, this is right in the middle. I don't think it was perfect. I wasn't a huge fan of the way that was expressed, but to Scott's point, this movie is funny. It hits on nostalgia regardless of the age that you were. Uh and something you said before the movie started. You said one of my friends said that this is one of the best Batman movies. Yes, if you are a fan of the games, any of the Batman games, the Arkham Asylum games, this will play homage to that version of Batman right off the bat. You will feel connected to Ben Affleck's <laughs> Batman and be like, this is this is it. This is the this is the Batman we've been wanting for a long time. And 
surprisingly, the villain of this is understandable. And that's something that the original DC movies mm. has failed. Okay, okay. Right? They, like, think think about the Justice League. What was that? the big bad? The big bad was like, I'm coming here to destroy the Earth. And I have no reason to tell you why. It doesn't matter. That's I am the bad guy. And the villain in this... You know why. You know why they're making the choices that they're making. You know the the impetus for what brings them to the cho- like to the end result. And that's what I think made this movie a success. Now, going forward from here on out, we're going to be doing spoilers. So if you want to stop because you haven't seen The Flash, and I understand most of you haven't or will not, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We'll see you next week. But for everybody else who wants to stay, here we go. This is the best Batman movie that I've seen in a long time because Michael Keaton kills it. This movie was based off of something called The Flashpoint, a series okay. uh, or a run in the comics where The Flash decided to save his mom, just like he does in the movie. Except when he goes back, things are much darker in the comics. Have you read it or heard about it at all? No. So the Flash goes back. He runs into Batman. Batman is actually Thomas Wayne in the comics because Bruce was the one that was killed. Ooh, interesting. So I I, I was wondering what they were going to do with the time because we all knew Michael Keaton was back, but we didn't know if he was going to be Bruce or if he was going to be Thomas. And... That's an interesting play, and I think they did a good job of bridging that story. It, it was, it was, it was still like you were still questioning it until he finally admits who he is. A little bit later, when mm-hmm. they after they meet him, because when he says we're looking for Bruce, Michael Keaton has like this pained look on his face, and he doesn't say anything. And then when they when they go and like steal the Bat Cave and. They're like, I'm going to use all your shit. <laughs> We're going to use all your bat shit. <laughs> uh, the, 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 my, like Michael Keaton is looking at Ezra Miller using all the equipment, and he like turns to the picture of his family, and he rubs Bruce. He doesn't rub the parents at all. So like until that point mm. in the movie, I thought he was going to be Thomas Wayne, not Bruce Wayne. But then we find out, yeah, Interesting. just older Bruce fixed Gotham and said, like, well, th- nobody needs me anymore. I'm just going to make spaghetti in my ghost mansion. <laughs> I do want to talk about the, like, orb, like that flash kind of, like, orb that he created yeah. to, like, get in and out of different universes. Their storytelling of it being, like, different universes and how there's these inflection points and you can jump between them, I like that. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And that's kind of how I've always envisioned these type of universes playing out like uh, even how when the flash jumps back when barry first goes back um to like the younger version of himself mm-hmm. how you could see small choices would have been made right marty mcfly isn't played by michael j fox and instead is played by what was the other actor's name they eric stoltz who originally was cast as marty mcfly in back to the future just in it. They filmed 90% of the movie. It was almost in post-production, and they were like, it's just not working. So then they refilmed the movie with with Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Totally plausible. 
Kevin Bacon being in Top Gun, uh, Top Gun, totally plausible. All of these types of decisions were like, yeah, I could see this playing out this way. Yeah, that um, that was cool. I like the spaghetti incident as a description for mm-hmm. the multiverse. That felt good. What did you think about the the orb? Let's let's talk about that. Like going mm-hmm. in and out of the so when the he different flashpoints when he decides to try and change the past, he runs through the speed force and there there was that part where he turns into almost like a ribbon of himself and then gets yeah. caught into this weird little orb which looks like a almost like a roman coliseum of time around him yeah it was okay they definitely could have done it differently but what what's a what's a good way to show as many different points in time as possible a circle's fine an orb is probably even better the the way the tesseract was was conveyed in interstellar i think is the way you do it what remind everybody what that was like so it was these lines of ribbons and like uh replaying videos essentially of one space one room and as matthew mcconaughey's character is kind of flying through the tesseract he can see different points uh of time happening sure. within that room and it's more like this, like multi-directional time display of that space. Okay, yeah. Comparatively, I think the Flash was just doing a different version of that. Mm-hmm. One of the big controversies around that Tesseract is the CG or graphics that they decided to go with looked kind Terrible. of second rate. Everything looked very almost gooey and mm-hmm. shiny it, it definitely you could definitely tell like this wasn't a photorealistic version of that right. event and i've seen some people try to say like well this is just from the way the flash is seeing it like he's seeing all of this liquid time that has existed right. or will exist or will never exist i don't it looked bad now, it looks really bad honestly <laughs> in terms of a yeah. big budget movie this was the best you could come up with. You'll see if when when you see the movie, you'll see. Can we talk about the nostalgia when the mm. original Batman music comes in? Ugh. I was very grateful to have my ears working in a way where I could hear things the way I remember mm-hmm. them. But yeah, uh, Danny Elfman's score being brought back for Michael Keaton's Batman just you know six to midnight right there, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember when the uh, the bat plane comes down from the like inside the bat cave and then it goes out i leaned over uh to paul friend of the show Mm -hmm. and i go i had that toy i had that toy growing up and the bat plane's a little bit different from the original one right uh the original one is actually almost identical to his chest plate Mm -hmm. logo the the one thing i was waiting for and i was so happy it hit is when they're flying to russia and they eject the bat plane kind of flies off on its own and goes in between the moon, just like in the movie. And I was like, yes, thank what you. <laughs> now, do you think um, the way that they brought in the other supermen when so like here, here's the big spoiler. The Flash, Barry from this new universe that we go into is the bad guy, right? I I think 
knowing that this version of Barry is going to fight tooth and nail and not just let an answer be unanswerable the way his mom shared it with him when he was a little kid, right? Around like how many versions of 24 can you answer? He, um, he has this uncontrollable urge to continue to resolve a problem until he gets it right. And, or finds the answer. You get it. Yeah. You get it because nobody, nobody wants to be the one to say, I let my parent die. Or I was responsible for killing them because I did mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. Now, did you catch why we saw the George Clooney Batman at the end and why it wasn't the same universe that Barry went into originally? So the my understanding my understanding was that he still hadn't like pinpointed what he wanted to do, but the guess was because in the movie, this is another big spoiler, everything comes down to a can of tomato sauce. Yes. Instead of it being on the bottom shelf, forcing his dad to look down and he was wearing a hat, not revealing his face, didn't he say he moved all of the tomato sauce up to the top shelf so he would have to reach up and look and be on camera? Yep. So he made a change. He did make a change. The, the one thing that I didn't get at the very end... There's a stinger. Aquaman and the Flash are walking back after a drunken night out, or at least for Aquaman. (laughs) He's explaining all the other Bruce Waynes and all the other Batmans, but we don't know if he went and actually stayed in the universe where his dad is saved, or if he tried to figure out a way, you know, many times over again to, to figure out... How can I get my dad to look up? It's interesting. I think the the story they're telling about the Flash that we're probably going to see moving forward is it's a Flash that's willing to jump between universes and and help. But here's here's my hot take for this. It doesn't matter. I don't think James Gunn is moving forward with the Flash. At least not for Phase One. And I don't think. Do you think that's good? Sure, yes. They they definitely need parity. They need uh, focus. They need less characters to mean more, a la yeah. MCU. Because that's what we're used to. That's what works. Unless he can come up with another formula that is better than this, which I don't see, in, see him doing, uh, there is going to be a lot of pissed off people, at least DC fans. So this movie, now, while while being great, and I mean, thank goodness it ended on this type of note, is irrelevant going forward. It's just going to be a fun movie that existed at some point in time. But why? 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 why like why? Why didn't it get scrapped? <laughs> Warner yeah. Warner Brothers said Batgirl was going to be harmful to the brand. What is this movie doing for the brand? It makes no sense why it was released. My my only guess is because there are so many cameos. There are so many people. The investment was more than Ezra Miller. You've got George Clooney, uh, Michael Keaton, Ben Affleck, uh, Ron Livingston. Uh, you've got uh, Michael Shannon reprising his role mm-hmm. as um, Zod, uh, General Zod. The, like, the level of 
actors they got to play roles in this was too big for Warner Brothers to say we can just let this go. That's my guess. It was yeah. it became bigger than Ezra Miller. Plus all of the alternate timeline cameos that we got, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know how they do this. I don't know how they uh, summon. They maybe were playing some Diablo, beat the game and summoned a Dark Lord to get Christopher Reeves and Nicolas Cage as Superman <laughs> in this movie. Seriously, you you wanted to you wanted to talk about this and I wanted to save it to the end, but like Ezra Miller doing all of these things, at least in theory, should have gotten this movie canceled a long time ago. Agreed. Or it should have gotten recast. What are we doing here? Why why did this movie make it? I don't know. I don't think it needed to. Don't get me wrong. Like this this movie had a lot of entertaining things. It told an interesting story. Mm-hmm. We got that nostalgia beat. Um it is the kickoff movie for uh Sasha Callie who's playing uh Supergirl apparently going forward too. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think she did a great job. I she did. was impressed with her role. I think she makes a good Supergirl. I it's an interesting take. But no, if this was me, I would have went back to the drawing board and said, we need to do something different. Can you remind me what they did that was the reason everybody thinks they are so heinous and that they should have been kicked off this movie? I I don't want to get this wrong. So let me just try to read a little bit of what Variety has reported on. It says, behind the scenes, though, Miller had troubles of their own. In April of 2020... They were caught on video appearing to choke a woman at a bar in Reykjavik, Iceland. Uh, The woman told Variety, I think it's just fun in games, but then it wasn't. And all of a sudden, they're on top of me, choking me, still screaming in my face if I wanted to fight. My friend who's filming sees that they're obviously not joking and it's actually serious. So he stops filming and pushes them off of me as they're still trying to fight me. Now... Uh, Nearly a year later, in March of 2022, Miller resurfaces and was arrested in Hawaii for disorderly conduct and harassment at a karaoke bar. They pled no contest to the charges and paid a $500 fine. So clearly, there's just this troubled person who is out there harassing others and not being able to control their anger. And we're giving them a platform to say, this is okay. Mm -hmm. I'll continue to, to... fund your movies going forward now as far as i know they haven't been in anything else besides this and it could be time commitments it could be this other thing have you have you heard any sort of like i don't know rehabilitation process that they've been going through to try and change their image any apologies because I, I really haven't. Ezra has made a public apology um, about they also did had a felony charge for burglary in Vermont back in August of 2022. Wow. <laughs> so they apologized about that. But I, I don't know. I think there's just so much going on there that they need to get help before I think we can reconsider them for any roles moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And I think based on this ending of the former phase of the DCU and James Gunn moving it forward 
he doesn't have to pick them for the flash role. If anything, we learned about the multiverse and that other multiverses or other universes can exist. So we can start mm-hmm. over with a clean slate and not have to talk about it for a while. I will say that if you're apprehensive to watch this movie, wait for it to come out so you could maybe rent it or watch it on on Max when it's streaming. So that way you <gasps> or other places your impact. But the nostalgia beats, seeing Michael Keaton, uh, seeing some of the different Batman characters, seeing Supergirl's introduction. I I do think the movie has a lot to be said and tells a really interesting story. That being said, I think it's fully understandable if you say, I'm not going to watch this. Well, that's our show, lovely lurkers. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Please rate and review wherever you lurk. We appreciate the love, so let's remember to be kind to each other, and we'll see you next week. Bye.